Hi guys, welcome to our second episode of Psychopathology, the podcast. It's your co-host Isabella and I'm here with Andrew once again. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety and what it is, some statistics, how to cope, and all that stuff revolving around anxiety. So my first question for you, Andrew, is what exactly is anxiety? That's a really good question because even though anxiety is very common in our society, I feel like a lot of people genuinely still don't know what it is. You know, when we hear someone talk about, I'm diagnosed with anxiety, most of the time, if they have an official diagnosis, they're referring to generalized anxiety disorder. And according to the DSM, generalized anxiety disorder is an excessive anxiety and worry occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events and activities. Mm -hmm. That is the DSM definition of anxiety, and that's pretty valid. The DSM also states that the individual finds it difficult to control the worry, which means that if you have good coping skills already, which we will get into you know, later on in this episode, okay. you know, that are helpful with managing your anxiety. If you have good coping skills that are helpful with managing your anxiety, mm-hmm. then a diagnosis generally wouldn't be given. Okay, okay. But what age group suffers the most with anxiety? So this is according to some stats from the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, the DSM. Mm-hmm. And this is found on page 252 of the DSM for those that have access to it and want to learn further. So the 12-month prevalence rate of, in- of generalized anxiety disorder excuse me, is 0.9% amongst adolescents and 2.9% amongst adults in the general community of the United States. Isabella, are you surprised by those statistics at all? Um, honestly, a little bit. Only because, like, I would think from, like, what I've seen, this is just, like, what I've seen, but, like, usually I see more, like, teens and adolescents suffer with anxiety rather than adults, but I guess, like, now that, like, you tell me, I can see how adults suffer with it more because they have more, like, pressure and they have more to go through than teenagers do sometimes. Yeah. So, it's not surprising, but, um... I get it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the DSM also stated that women and adolescent girls are at least twice more likely than men and adolescent boys to experience generalized anxiety disorder. Right. And the average age of onset in North America is 35 years old. That's pretty crazy. Okay. That doesn't surprise me at all, though, because like women, I do see anxiety more common in women, though. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. But is anxiety considered a disease? No. No, anxiety disorder is not considered a disease. It's considered a disorder, right? And there is a significant difference between those two. So this is according to the website mdedge.com, right? Mm -hmm. A disease is a particular distinctive process in the body with a specific cause and characteristic symptoms, whereas a disorder is an irregularity, a disturbance, right? Or an interruption of normal functions. Anxiety is a disorder because it causes a disturbance in our normal everyday functioning. For example, we may notice ourselves avoiding something that we're anxious about. That would be an impairment in our functioning because it affects and changes the way that we live. Right, yeah. I've experienced that for sure. Yeah. Um, How common is anxiety, though? So anxiety disorders as a whole umbrella are the most common disorders there are. Mm -hmm. But there are so many separate diagnoses that fall under that umbrella Mm -hmm. that we talked about in the previous Mm -hmm. episode. Generalized anxiety disorder is pretty common in the United States as well as globally. However, the most common type of anxiety disorder, can you guess? You know, we mentioned it in our last episode. Um, what is it? It's specific phobia. Oh. I highly recommend you go listen to our episode, 
our previous episode, right? If you have not already, we cover treatments for not only specific phobia, but also panic mm-hmm. disorder and generalized anxiety disorder as well. Mm-hmm. What are the causes of anxiety? So according to the DSM, generalized anxiety symptoms tend to be chronic and changing all across the lifespan. They're very fluctuant, right? Usually anxiety can be caused by worry and stress about life events like school, work, relationships, for example, and not enough practice or knowledge to deal or cope with some of those worries and stress. The DSM does note some risk factors such as temperamental, which focuses on harm avoidance and reward dependence, right? So usually whenever you are focused on avoiding harm for the temperamental risk factor, you become more scared of the stimuli you're trying to avoid, thus making you fear coming to contact with it even more. How do you know if there's like, how do you know if it's classified as anxiety or if it's just classified that you're like worried or stressed out about something? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. And, you know, generalized anxiety disorder is not diagnosed until it's an impairment in functioning. So the broadest way I can put it, right, an impairment of functioning would be, say you are scared of driving, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Say you're scared of driving. We'll just Mm -hmm. use that. Mm -hmm. And you go out of your way to avoid driving, you know, as much as you can. Mm -hmm. You know, you would walk like 10 miles to get to work Mm -hmm. if it meant, Mm -hmm. you know, not having to drive. That's a significant impairment in your functioning because that impacts your day-to-day life and that impacts your day-to-day routine and that affects the way that you live. Mm-hmm. You know, so something like that might cause for a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder to take place. And that's not even factoring in the physical symptoms that you may, you know, be experiencing whenever you get behind a wheel. Right. So like that's not even factoring that in. Just, you know, the difference between like an actual diagnosis and just a general worry is the severity and the impact of the functioning that it has in the most basic way I can put it. Okay, but let's say you're, if you're worried about one certain thing multiple times, is that when it's classified as anxiety? Like, are you talking about specific phobia? Yeah. That would be more so like specific phobia. Like if you're only worried about like spiders, for example, because I know that arachnophobia is a very common phobia. If you're only worried about spiders and if it's only like specifically spiders that's causing that anxiety, then that would be more classified as, you know, a, a specific phobia. Okay. Right? Yeah, okay. but it all follows uh, under the same umbrella. It all falls under the same umbrella, excuse yeah. me, of anxiety disorders. Right. You know? Yeah. Okay, and then how are some ways to cope with anxiety? Well, everyone has different coping skills that they use for anxiety, right? Certain individuals may choose to distract themselves from the anxiety-causing stimuli by engaging in preferred activities. You know, some anxiety also has many biological responses too, like fast heart rate, for example. It's very common for therapists to teach relaxation techniques during therapy, which involve deep breathing and other exercises to really slow the heart rate down. You know, I have found meditation to be very useful as well. And so have a lot of clients that I've worked with at the, at the crisis center. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I'll ask you, Isabella, right? What are some coping skills that you have for anxiety? Um, my anxiety comes and goes. I mean, mm-hmm. it, usually it's whenever like I'm stressed out to go do something or I'm scared of a result that might happen. But some coping mechanisms I have is listening to music and kind of just like, having music distract me because once I listen to something I like whether it's music or even like listening to a podcast my mind is completely off of like what I'm worried about and then later I'll come back and reevaluate 
you know, yeah. what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and you know, if that's if that's helpful for you and if that's helpful in easing your anxiety symptoms, then that's really good, you know. And, right. And if it's not something that causes, like, um, a general impairment in your day-to-day functioning, then that's when a diagnosis wouldn't, a diagnosis wouldn't be given. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and for more extreme cases of anxiety, we start to look at more exposure-based treatment, which individuals, you know, get direct exposure to the anxiety-causing stimuli. And we we covered that a little bit uh, last week. You know, we touched up on this briefly in the last episode. So make sure you check that out if you haven't. But essentially, this process is called in vivo exposure. And that involves directly facing the feared stimuli, not only during a therapy session, but also afterwards as well. So the purpose of this is to really draw awareness to the symptoms that you are experiencing while that stimuli is in front of you and working on minimizing those symptoms, thus easing your anxiety towards that stimuli. Okay. You know, what I like to tell my patients at the crisis center, right, if they if they rate their, you know, symptoms on a 10 out of 10, I tell them, like, listen, you just described this experience as the worst possible case scenario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you know what it feels like and you live through it and you're able to handle it. Yeah. So going forward from here, this is the absolute worst that it's going to be. It's not going to be worse than this. Right. And that helps mm-hmm. them, you know, kind of give them like a peace of mind yeah. that like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I can ha- if I if I can handle this, then I can handle anything else yeah. that's going at me. Yeah, that's good. I think we might have covered this already, but just in case people missed it, is anxiety diagnosed? Yes. So generalized anxiety disorder is a DSM diagnosis that mental health professionals do diagnose patients with. However, just like every single mental health disorder, there is certain criteria that has to be met in order for a diagnosis to be given. So part A of the diagnostic criteria is excessive anxiety and worry occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events and activities part b is literally this literally this word for word the individual finds it difficult to control the worry and part c is this is where things get a little interesting right and they really get into the diagnostic criteria for part c Mm -hmm. so the dsm requires three of these following symptoms to be met in order for a diagnosis to be given those symptoms are restlessness or feeling on edge being easily fatigued difficulty concentrating or you know your mind going blank irritability muscle tension and sleep disturbance Mm -hmm. so that being said i also want to emphasize that just like most mental disorders a diagnosis is given once it causes an impairment in functioning like we discussed a little bit earlier so as it relates to general anxiety disorder generalized anxiety disorder excuse me (laughs) that could mean stuff like going out of your way to avoid the stimuli like we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. or constantly thinking and worrying about when you might encounter the stimuli again those are all impairments in functioning because they impact how you live and how you go about your day-to-day life which is usually when a diagnosis might be given you know when it causes that impairment in functioning and interferes with your day-to-day life right I think that was really helpful considering the fact that anxiety is one of the most common disorders found in America, especially amongst teens and young adults. Absolutely. So I think all this information you gave was really helpful and it did help me too. So I liked that. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to close off this episode. We really hope you guys enjoyed and found it informational and tune in for our next week's episode yeah thank you guys so much for listening you know tune in next week for our next episode have a great one everybody bye-bye